0: My name is Anne Simmons, and I am the Moscow bureau chief for The Wall Street Journal.
1: And you hired Evan, right? Yes, that's right. We spoke to Anne about detained Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gershkovich,
0: who's currently being held in a Russian prison. I interviewed and chose Evan, actually, out of a a pack of of several very good candidates, but uh, Evan stood out. Do you remember... What stood out about him? You know, it was the energy that came from this young man and the enthusiasm and the absolute passion about Russia, Russian culture, and his knowledge of not only the country, but the people.
1: When was the last time you saw him?
0: I saw Evan uh, the day before he went on his reporting assignment. Do you remember what you said to him? Uh, We were chatting about how great it was that uh, the snow was clearing up and, you know, the sun was coming out again. And Moscow was quite pleasant, quite a pleasant place to be. And then everything changed. It did. He went down on a reporting assignment um, to Yekaterinburg, and that's where he was detained.
1: Three weeks later, Anne saw Evan again. This time on a live video feed from inside a Russian courthouse. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Wednesday, April 19th. Coming up on the show, the latest on the Russian detention of our colleague, Evan Gershkovich. Yesterday, Evan Gershkovich was brought into a courthouse in Moscow. It was his first public appearance in court. A live feed of The Room aired on Russian television. It showed Evan standing, arms crossed, inside a metal and glass box. At times, he paced back and forth.
0: Anne was watching. It was heartening for us because we saw Evan for the very first time in about three weeks, ever since he uh, was detained and then subsequently arrested. And it was heartening because Evan was quite upbeat. He appeared to be in good spirits. He looked great, wearing a pair of jeans and a checkered shirt. And uh, he looked like the Evan we know. So I think that was quite encouraging for a lot of us who have been quite worried, and understandably so.
1: And in your time as a Russia correspondent, you must have covered a lot of court cases and seen defendants in that glass box. Mm-hmm. What was it like to see your colleague there?
0: You know, it was a sense of relief because here's Evan. Thank goodness. He looks fine. Um, I've obviously been extremely worried, but also disappointed and, and anxious because, indeed, he was in a, in a cage inside a courtroom. Facing a charge, which, of course, as you know, the Wall Street Journal and the U.S. government vehemently deny. The allegation is espionage.
1: And how are espionage cases conducted in Russia?
0: They are typically conducted behind closed doors. So, for example, this hearing, the actual proceedings were not made public. And any trial, any subsequent trial, could also be behind closed doors. Espionage cases are notoriously quite lengthy. They are considered to be classified. Where are we now with Evan's case? This is what we call the pre-trial detention period. And during this time is when the, the investigators, the prosecutor, typically will start gathering evidence against the defendant. They have not produced any evidence to show that Evan is guilty of anything. Of course, Evan was not spying. He is not a spy. He was on a reporting assignment. So what was yesterday's hearing about? Evan's lawyers appealed the nature of his detention, asking uh, the court to either grant Evan Bell, allow him to have house arrest, or impose certain restrictions on him— release him. And they had told reporters that Dow Jones was prepared to write a a letter of guarantee against this bail. The bail amount they had offered was 50 million rubles, which is the equivalent of just over 600,000 US dollars.
1: Before the hearing started, some journalists had been allowed into the courtroom to take pictures and videos. But when the hearing began, they were moved to another room, and the live television feed was switched off. It was turned back on for the final 10 minutes of the hearing when the judge quickly read the
0: ruling. What was the result of the hearing? The appeal by Evan's lawyers was rejected. The judge decided that Evan should continue in pretrial detention.
1: This means that Evan will continue to be held in prison. After the ruling, Evan's lawyers made a statement from the steps of the
0: courthouse. They spoke of their disappointment that the appeal, their appeal, had not been granted, that uh, the judge had rejected the proposals that they had suggested for Evan and the fact that he would have to continue in, uh, in pretrial detention. They also told us that Evan uh, pleaded not guilty to the spying allegation, and they said he is ready to prove it. One thing that was very interesting that one of the words they used was that his mood was kind of combative, uh, meaning really that, you know, he's not giving up, he's going to fight this, and he knows that he's innocent. The U.S. ambassador to Russia, Lynn
1: Tracy, also made a statement on the courthouse steps. We will continue to provide all appropriate support to Evan and his family, and we expect Russian authorities to provide continued consular access to Evan. The charges against Evan are baseless, and we call on the Russian Federation to immediately release him. After the hearing... Evan was returned to where he'd been held, Lefortevo prison. What that notorious Russian prison is like is next. Tell us where Evan is being held.
0: What do we know about this prison? It's a Laforteva prison. It's a prison in Moscow. It goes back to very long time, actually, before the days of the Soviet Union. The uh, conditions in, like, the 1900s, uh, you know, and uh, earlier on uh, were really not palatable. <laughs> um, there was a lot of talk of, you know, kind of very unsanitary conditions. We have heard from other people who were housed there And there is this feeling of isolation and desolation. The silence is deafening, is what many of the past prisoners have said. And it it creates this feeling that you're actually all alone in the world.
1: Having lived in Moscow, how does this prison loom in the lives of Moscow's residents? What's their relationship with this prison?
0: Well, everyone knows the name of Fotova. People just know it to, to be a place where, you know, in the, at least in the old days, you know, during the Soviet Union, a lot of people went in and never came out.
1: And what do we know about what it's been like for Evan to be in there?
0: The lawyers have been in to see him and now the U.S. ambassador has had access to Evan as well. His lawyers said that he remains upbeat and in good health. He is able to read books. He's able to receive letters. He's received several letters of support. And his lawyer said yesterday that he was just thrilled by the support, uh, moral support that he is now uh, receiving. He loves receiving these letters. It's a connection to home and to the world that he's used to living in. What happens from here? Evan will remain in pre trial detention until May 29th. At that point, there should be another hearing, but nothing is guaranteed. The pretrial detention period could be extended, so we've got to be ready for that. The lawyers have said that they will continue to appeal his detention. We do not know, though, when another appeal might be filed and when that might happen.
1: And after this May hearing, when would a trial start?
0: There's no telling when a trial will start. um this could take uh, weeks. It could take months.
1: You had said espionage trials are classified. Do we know what often happens at them?
0: No, it's really difficult to tell because a lot of the information, a lot of the details are kept secret, so not all of the hearings are open to the public. We will hear uh, what a judge has decided to rule. Usually the prosecutor will propose a certain number of years and the judge will decide based on that. I should add that uh, the charge of espionage, if a person is convicted, they could face up to 20 years in prison in Russia.
1: And in espionage hearings, is there a high conviction rate?
0: A very high conviction rate, regrettably, Um almost everyone who is charged and goes to trial on an espionage charge is actually convicted. So more than a 99% uh, conviction rate. But having said that, we do not know, and um, this is a very, you know, kind of unpredictable uh, situation. The U.S. government has said that it is pulling out all of the stops in order to secure Evan's release. And one of the ways in which they're doing that is the very fact that uh, Evan has been designated as being wrongfully detained. This means that his case moves over to the office of the hostage negotiator. —
1: Other Americans who've been arrested in Russia have also received this designation of being wrongfully detained like basketball star Brittany Griner and former Marine Paul Whelan. Griner was arrested on drug charges last year and came home as part of a prison swap. Whelan was convicted of espionage and sentenced to 16 years in a Russian prison, where he remains. Evans' arrest comes at a time of high tensions
0: between the U.S. and Russia. The Russian government has said that it doesn't care how much noise is made about this case. It has said that uh, it will follow its own legal proceedings. Russian authorities have said that, uh, you know, the more noise that's made by the international community, by the Wall Street Journal and others, uh, it, it doesn't do any good. Where do we go from here? We have to ensure that Evan's case is kept front and centre. This is an individual who is a journalist. He was on a reporting assignment. He is passionate about his job. He is passionate about Russia and Russians. So it's important that that message continues uh, to be sent.
1: That's all for today, Wednesday, April 19th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal. To follow developments on Evan, go to wsj.com Evan. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.